And uh, in this series, we've been kind of looking at how to kind of take a look at what's going on inside our heart to fully get to know us better and to kind of see how sometimes what's in our heart causes us to do some things that actually can cause a lot of problems for us. So the goal of this series is to really kind of take a look uh, at the inside of us so we can kind of get clarity as to why we do some things on the outside of us. And so we kicked off the series uh, again, looking at the heart. And the heart is really what causes us to do what we do in life. It's kind of the, the guidance system which causes us to act and behave and make decisions. Uh, the problem with our hearts, and this is all of us, is that we have some things going on inside of it that causes problems. And we kicked off the series talking about the sad heart that we all have. And there's a selfishness and an arrogance and damage that we can cause others that we relate to. And that sad heart usually looks like something like this, like I want what I want. And that's a true statement that we all deal with. There's things that we want in life and we want it. And arrogance, that's selfishness. And arrogance is usually I deserve it. Not only do I want what I want, but I deserve what I want. It's, it's owed to me just because I'm living in life. There's a sense of I should get what I want. And then the damage comes through once we want what we want and we think we deserve it. There's a tendency that we have in life if people get in our way and they block our goals and they prevent us from really experiencing what we want deep down, whether good or whether bad, we can cause problems. In fact, when people block our goals, there's a tendency that we all have. We get frustrated. Uh, sometimes we get angry. Uh, sometimes we... Just want to hurt people. And it's not something that we talk about a lot, but this is the stuff that's kind of deep within our hearts. And so a lot of the problems in life come from selfishness, arrogance and damage. And in this series, we've been looking at how does that kind of lead into further problems? We've been looking at what we're calling fools on parade. And in the scriptures, uh, in the Old Testament specifically, it's written in Hebrew. And the word for fool has nine different variations. And of those variations, we're looking at five specific descriptions and uses for the word fool. And those five represent these five characters that you see on the screen. And if you haven't been here for this series or you just want to review, I'm just going to talk about kind of each fool very, very briefly. So two weeks ago, we talked about the easy way fool. This is the Casil. And he tends to look like this. Now, just because somebody looks like this doesn't necessarily mean this is their struggle. The guy could just be having a good day. All right. Not a care in the world. However, that represents this idea of ease, uh, the easy way. Um, really, what tends to happen with this uh, this fool in life is, is they want the path of least resistance pretty much every time. Um, if there's a hard way and an easy way, they're always going to want the easy way. And what this leads to over a lifetime is laziness, just a life of, of ease and laziness. And if this person gets kind of caught where somebody's figuring out like, you know what, you, you're not really falling through and you, you tend to just really like the easy way, they can lie about it. They, they don't want to be found out. So it's just this lazy liar. That's the casil fool. Last week, we talked about the reactive way fool. And it represents this. Uh, that's really this stubborn selfishness that, again, comes from that sad heart. That this person, when things don't go their way, they want to control, they want to emotionally react, and it can be like hugging a cactus. It's just really hard to relate to this type of fool. Because when things don't go their way and their goals get blocked, the spikes come out. You have to watch out. Again, that comes from, from the heart. 
All of us, as we deal with our own strategies, we don't have things that we just tend to say out loud, like I want to control people or I want to choose the lazy way or the easy way. But again, these are things that that are in us. So the purpose of this series is not just to identify the problems, but to look at the scriptures and see how does God offer us help? Because the church, we have a responsibility to use the scripture as a mirror to allow people to see this is who you are. This is who we are. And to show us who we are in life. The good news is the scriptures also give us not only the reflection of ourselves, but they give us a sense of what do we do? How do we change? How do we move forward? And so that's what we've been really talking about is how to identify some of the struggles, how to identify some of the strategies. And then what do we do with that? And so today we're going to be introducing and looking at a new fool. And this is the sackle fool. You see it here on the screen. This is the fun way fool. Now, if you've been following me so far, we've, we've had the lazy way, the controller, and now the fun way. And if you're like me, you're like, okay, I understand laziness, not really a high characteristic that everyone's longing for. Controlling, nobody really wants to be controlling deep down, okay? And they might, but they, they don't really want to. Now, the fun way, there's a part of me that's like, wait a second, like, what's wrong with the fun way? Like, it's fun. And you kind of, at least for me, start thinking like, well, How is this a foolish strategy? And the title of today's message is, it's all fun and games until... You you remember that that, phrase that maybe your parents said? You're playing and usually it ends, it's all fun and games until somebody gets hurt. Or it's all fun and games until somebody loses an eye. Do you remember that one? Or an arm or a finger or whatever it is. And you think about it, that's true. Like We love fun and we love games and we love a good time. But most of us draw a line like if you're maimed, it's no longer fun. If you're disfigured, no longer fun. You have to go to the hospital, the ER, it's no longer fun. So we we draw a line, okay? It's fun and games until dot, dot, dot. And, you know, we each kind of have a gauge for where that line is. But in life, what tends to happen is if the fun way and experiencing pleasure and feeling good If that is your one goal in life, that idea of it's all fun and games until somebody gets hurt is very real. Because if you set that as kind of your goal, you tend to do things that can cause a lot of havoc for you personally and for those that you relate to. Because sometimes the path to fun and the path to pleasure is not absent of all sorts of problems. Because a lot of times to experience fun and just to do whatever you feel at any given moment you know, you often have a lot of choices to make. Am I going to pursue this? And then what am I going to do with my responsibilities? Am I going to kind of go for this fun time and pay for this experience? And then what about the money I need to pay for these other things in my life? So there's always these tension points with the fun way fool. But if fun is the ultimate litmus test for a good life, then this fool really doesn't waste any time pursuing it. This fool just goes for it at all times. And so... Uh, The idea here is is not to, again, kind of have a picture in your head of the people that you relate to. okay? because it's really easy as you talk about foolish tendencies to say, yeah, I I know that person. You work with them. You may live with them. You may see them. But the idea really is how do we actually identify the things in our in our own hearts? And if you're like me, there's a part of kind of each of this, these fools that are that are inside of me, because, again, it flows from this selfishness, the arrogance, and the damage. So this is really kind of an opportunity to kind of take a step back and ask God to show us, is any of this true for me? 
Do I deal with any of this stuff? And as you identify some of that, uh, we don't turn to despair, but we actually can turn to the God who can help us. And so just want to walk through a passage which describes this fun way fool. And what you find is you dig into the scripture. This fool is always described as living a reckless life that kind of just turmoil just blows up. OK, and the fun way fool has a, has a reckless, blind desire for fun. Now, you've probably heard the phrase blind desire. But there's an idea that sometimes the fun way fool in the pursuit of a good time, in the pursuit of entertainment, in the pursuit of just feeling pleasure and feeling good. They actually can't see. They actually can't see what's really happening. That's where you get this idea of a blind desire. And it kind of doesn't make sense. But sometimes I know in my own life when I want things really bad, I just get a tunnel vision. You ever experienced that? Maybe it's something you want, like something that you, you're saving your money for and you, you really want it. You think it would make your life easier, whether it's technology, whether it's clothes, whatever it is, whether it's an experience. Sometimes in the midst of all you're going on in your life, you just have this tunnel vision. It's all you see. Well, the fun way fool, that's kind of the way they live their life. All they can see is just the next experience, the next thing. And it becomes this blind desire. Well, in the scriptures, you get just this really kind of stark description of what the fun way fool looks like in real life. And this is found in the book of Jeremiah. And I want you just to pay attention to, to some of like the descriptions of this fool. And so as you see fool mentioned here, it's the sackle fun way fool. So this is Jeremiah chapter five in the Old Testament it says this. Hear this, O foolish and senseless people. Pay attention. That is senseless. Okay. Tied to the sackle fool a lot who have eyes, but see not who have ears, but hear not. Do you not fear me? Declares the Lord. Do you not tremble before me? I place the sand as the boundary for the sea, a perpetual barrier that it cannot pass. Though the waves toss, they cannot prevail. Though they roar, they cannot pass over it. But this people has a stubborn and rebellious heart. They have turned aside and gone away. They do not say in their hearts, let us fear the Lord our God, who gives the rain in its season, the autumn rain and the spring rain, and keeps us for the weeks appointed for the harvest. Your iniquities have turned these away, and your sins have kept good from you. So this is the blind desire. What does the fun way fool see? Fun. That's all they see. What does the fun way fool hear? Fun. That's all they hear. What does the fun way fool want to experience? Can you guys guess? Good job. Fun. The idea of their senses are completely focused on fun. That's it. Hearing, seeing, feeling. Fun, fun, fun. So there's this idea that even though you think you're seeing and even though you think you're feeling and even though you think you're hearing, your senses are so out of whack because all you're focused on is fun. So you get this description of somebody who has eyes but can't see and somebody has ears that can't hear. So it's like they're not in reality. And that's what tends to happen to this fool. Their desires cause them to live in this altered lifestyle. Can you guys hear that? I believe that's like our heater or air conditioning. If you see like smoke come out. We're going to go ahead church outside, but just don't freak out unless I tell you to. And then I say run and you run. OK, um, so th- this scripture is just is painting this picture. Um, eyes can't see ears, can't hear. 
And then it kind of describes kind of God's presence. And this is very interesting because what God is describing is the fact that he's created boundaries in life. Boundaries are right versus wrong. Okay, but he's using an analogy of like the sand and the ocean. And the ocean can't really go beyond where the sand is. And there's a sense in which the tide comes in, but the tide goes back out. And sometimes we have crazy storms where the, the water gets out and it just wreaks havoc on the villages and the towns with, that are near the ocean. But there's a sense in which the ocean pretty much keeps these boundaries that God has put in place. And then God's describing this, this wave that keeps crashing and it makes a bunch of noise, but it can't overcome the boundary. Well, this fun wave fool is, is like that wave where in their desire for fun and in their pursuit of pleasure, they become this just roaring, just, I want this, I want this, I want this. And they just come crashing down and they can't overcome the boundaries that God has put in place. They're going to keep trying. They're going to go back out and they're going to come roaring back. I want this, I want this, I want this. And then they're going to crash down. And this is the way of the fun way fool. Despite the boundaries that they experience in life and keep hitting up against right and wrong, they kind of keep wanting to push, push, push. Because again, fun and pleasure are ultimately you know, pushing them forward, just like the waves in the ocean. And so you see that this, this stark difference. Feeling versus fearing God. And this is going to be always kind of the tension point of all the, the fools. Not just this one, but there's a sense in which as you deal with selfishness and you deal with these strategies that are within our hearts, there's always a sense in which we have to come to the point. Am I going to actually recognize that there is a God who exists? And not only he exists, but he actually has a view of the kind of life that I should live. And not only does he have a view of it, but it's actually specific. And not only is it specific that he actually wants me to know him. And as I know him... Life goes better. And so you always see as these foolish tendencies and strategy are described in Scripture, there's always the reason you're doing this and the reason you're senseless and the reason you can't see and the reason you can't hear is because they've just basically said, God, you're not a factor. God, you're not real. God, I don't care. And the reason you don't is because you want what you want and I want what I want. And so you see, there's always that tension point. But here's the thing for all these fools in the scripture. There's key tools they use to get what they want. Now, human beings, we're actually complex. Um, You know, if you've ever dated, you realize like, wow, this is difficult. And we're complex creatures. We are. And not only are we complex, but we have strategies. When we want something in life, we come up with a way to get it. We do. The same is true when we have goals that we want. We come up with some ways to reach our goals. And these are strategies. Fools are the same way. They still want what they want, so they still kind of take a step back and think, well, how can I get it? How can I get it? How can I get it? Well, one of the key tools that the fun way fool uses in life is denial. Denial, that fun, is really their idol. They deny that they want to worship fun above everything else. You know, if you were to ask... The fun way full. It seems like you spend all your money on entertainment. It seems like you're kind of just going from one experience to the other. It seems like all you really care about is, is experiencing a good time. The fun way full is like, yeah, you, they're not going to say, yeah, you're right. Man, I, I have a real problem. Most of the time it's going to be, no, I don't. No, I, I don't do that. They don't want to be found out like all of us. 
there's a point in which, you know, if people can figure out who we really are. There's a tendency inside of us that we want to deny that. And the reason we deny it is we don't really want to change. So the fun way fool, they want pleasure and the experience so bad that denying it is the only way that they can kind of continue on their path. And every week we've also kind of looked at what are some characteristics. And so I just want to go through a couple of them. Key characteristics of this fun way fool. Uh, impulsiveness. Now, I can actually be impulsive. And I'm sure that you've experienced that before. Have you ever kind of just been doing something and maybe you're at the mall or maybe at the store. And all of a sudden you just see something. You're like, I want that. And before you know it, you bought it. And you go home. And you're like, do I have the receipt for that? Because what was I thinking? It was completely impulsive. It was like in the moment. You just had this need that you didn't have before you went to the mall. Then you see a product that meets that need that you didn't know you had. And then you get out your credit card and you pay. And then you get home and you're like, what was I thinking? It was just impulsive. I've done that many times. But that impulsiveness to the fun way fool is just, it's just a way of life. It's not really, sometimes I can't even recognize it. Because it's just really, it's blind desire. Again, you see it, you do it. You want it, you get it. You need it, you do whatever you do to get it. Okay, and this cycle goes on and on and on. It's without restraint. Another key characteristic is uh, irresponsibility. Have you ever just had like a weekend of fun? I don't know if you've ever gone on a vacation or you've just kind of done one fun thing after the other, one fun thing after the other. And the very thing that you think will be like the best thing ever, like vacation you come home and you're like, dude, I need a vacation from my vacation. You experienced that? Or this fun experience, you kind of come home and you're completely drained emotionally, physically, spiritually. And you're like, that was totally fun, but I need to sleep for three days. I've experienced that before. Well, the fun way fool experiences that all the time. And so sometimes as all you're you know, pursuing is this emotional experience. As you engage in it, it drains your life. It drains you. And so it leads to irresponsibility because you can't keep that up. It's like the partying lifestyle. If you're going to party every night, you can't work. I mean, you could show up, but you're not really working at a high function. You know, you're limited. Because pursuing fun, it actually a lot of times doesn't fill you. It it can actually drain you, especially as it gets to is extreme. And so this idea of blind desire for fun, blind desire to the consequences, even if the consequences are here, I'm going to deny that it's really happening. So this, this fun way fool, a lot of times it's confusion. They don't really see kind of how their choices have led them to a life that they've experienced. Uh, there's actually a lot of characters like this on TV. In fact, most of the fun way people on TV are like the fun, cool people. It's like, I want to hang out with that person. It's true. Because if we had a choice, like, do you want to be with somebody that's it's going to be completely draining and boring or somebody fun? What are we going to say? Most of the time it's going to be, I'll hang out with the fun person. But there's a specific character that kind of sums this up. And it's Captain Jack Sparrow, as we say, from Pirates of the Caribbean. And if you've never seen any of these movies, uh, his pursuit in life is to find the treasure. Now, if he can help people along the way... He might, but it's only really to get the treasure and more riches and more fame and everything he's longing for. But there's a scene that I'm going to show you where he's talking about this magic compass. And it's the compass that gets you to whatever you desire the most. Let's watch this. This is my compass. 
is unique. Unique here having the meaning of broken. True enough, this compass does not point north. Where does it point? It points to the thing you want most in this world. Anytime you have a guy that's looking at you and says it points to the thing you desire most, and if you're a woman, you run. Okay, you just jump overboard, you swim in that ocean. Okay? But there's, that's kind of, that can resonate with us. That's right. Kind of follow my heart. My heart will take me to really what I need and what I long for in life. But again, if your heart is rooted in selfishness, arrogance, and damage, do we always want to go to the destination which it's going to take us? Probably not. So what he's saying is, is that there's just something inside of us, and he's using this magic compass, but a lot of times it's within us. And it kind of takes us to what we desire most. And for the fun way fool, their compass is fun. There's no other direction that it points. It's fun. And they're just going to go that way to experience it. Once they've experienced it, they're going to look again at their compass, and it's going to keep pointing towards fun. But what you find with the fun way is like you're on a path. And each step along the path is kind of towards greater fun and greater pleasure. The problem is the further step you take, you get more entwined in the problems of life. So it actually leads to a lot of problems. Because once you step on the path for fun and you experience this feeling, you want more. And so you go further. And then once you experience it again, that felt really good. You want more. You keep on going in. What happens over time is as you look back, you realize that you now look no longer wet. You don't know the way back anymore. You're lost. You're in the midst of just this pursuit of pleasure and there's no compass to get you back because all you've known is fun. And so what tends to happen in life is this actually leads uh, to some problems. I just want to look at a couple things that show this. And you'll see this on the screen, the next slide. Um, you could put that up there. This is the impact of, of living the fun way. Now, because you're senseless and all you see is fun, you don't tend to think about this stuff. So if there's a part of you which you kind of realize inside of you, you know, I really do like the fun. And that's probably on the, pretty high on the top of my list of my pursuit. Pay attention to this next section because what tends to happen is in the pursuit of wanting what you want, which is fun and pleasure, we forget about this stuff. But the scriptures ground us again to consequences. And this can help us in the midst of kind of our pursuits to take a step back and say, okay, well, what's going to happen if I just go full on here to experience the fun way? Uh, the first thing is dishonor and, and disrespect. That's, that's real. You actually can bring dishonor to the people that are related to you, dishonor to yourself, dishonor to God, if you have a relationship with him. And it also brings disrespect. People, here's the thing I, I've learned about leadership. People like people who are fun. But if fun is your only main characteristic, people aren't going to follow you. That's true of life. If your leadership is built on the foundation of fun, people aren't sure if they can trust that. And that's this idea of, of disrespect. People may laugh at you, but they may not respect you. Because just living a fun life may mean that you don't actually have anything to show for it. So this dishonor and disrespect, it's real. Um, 
there's this passage in the book of Ecclesiastes, which is part of the wisdom literature. And these two verses have kind of this, this great description of this foolish pattern. Okay? And just picture this in your head. Okay? Ecclesiastes 10.1. Dead flies make the perfumer's ointment give off a stench. Isn't that just... Have you ever seen anyone tatted like with that on there? Like, wouldn't that just be a great story? Like, what is that? Well, dead flies, you know, give off a stench. You spent money on that? But it's actually, it actually has a lot of wisdom. Then it says, so a little folly outweighs wisdom and honor. What it's saying is, sometimes just a little bit of a drop of this pursuit can ruin years and years of an established life. You see that again and again. People that have, seems like, lived a good life and then in the midst of just wanting pleasure, wanting experience, they make a choice. And that choice derails them. And it's like this fly. That despite just being one fly in the midst of a lot of perfume, all you can smell is the fly. Now, I was thinking this morning, I was like, have I ever had an experience with like a dead fly in like something I really wanted to eat? No. But I remember when I was in junior high, this is just as gross, so I'm going to share it. But um, I had, we used to drink Shasta Cola, okay? I don't know if there are any Shasta Cola drinkers out there, but there's three of you. Appreciate that. Uh, and I went to go play in, you know, my front yard, and I had opened my soda, and it was cold, and I'd been playing, and I came back, and I was just hot, and I wanted to drink, and so I just chugged this thing. And all of a sudden, I had, like, the worst taste I'd ever experienced in my life. And so I just went to the sink and I spit it out. And their crawling was an earwig. <laughs> and like it was crawling, which meant it was alive. Which meant it was swimming in my mouth. And it had like the worst taste. And do you think I kept on drinking the soda? Well, some of you know me, you're like, yeah, you probably did. <laughs> And as I was thinking, I actually don't know if I did or not. So this point just made me null and void. But any normal person would dump it. It's ruined. You know, earwig, you got the one, but what if it has a little family swimming? Little, you know, boys and girls in the bottom there. You don't know. But at that moment, it, it reminded me of this. We don't tend to think of it. We tend to just say, well, it's just, it's just one thing. It's just, I'm just doing this one thing, this one pursuit. This parting won't hurt somebody. This choice won't hurt somebody. It's not going to hurt anybody. And that's what we always say. It's not going to hurt anybody. What we don't realize is we're just scattering dead flies. In our work, we're scattering dead flies in our relationships. And the whole season of our life, the whole flavor of it, is destroyed. And it happens because of this dishonor and disrespect. It, it just ruins all that God wants to do. But we don't think about that. And that's why this blind desire is so powerful. And so dishonor, disrespect, it, it's real. There's also repeated devastation that happens to the fun way fool. Just like the waves. They just keep crashing. They keep crashing and they keep crashing again and again. It's just this repeated problem. I just keep following my feelings. I keep following my feelings. I keep following what I want. I keep following what I want. I'm just hitting my head against the wall. You experience this and you may have seen some people in your own life that you see and you say, well, you know, 
their life just kind of started to unravel. And it just kind of unraveled more and at a faster pace and a faster, faster pace. Uh, there's this Einstein quote that you may have seen that's funny just because of the picture. It's the d- description of insanity. I, like, that doesn't even seem real. Like, Albert, really? You think he ever did that? Stick his tongue out? I imagine he did. But anyways, these are things that go on in my head. Uh, insanity. Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. That's kind of the fun way fool. I had a lot of pain from choosing that pleasure path there. But this experience is even better. And this will make me feel even better. And I won't have the same pain as that time. And then they do it again. Same pain. Okay, 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 okay. Those two were an exception. This time, this experience, this pleasure, this fun, this is going to change my life. And then they experience the same pain. And that's like insanity. Life keeps on giving you the consequences of crossing boundaries that God's put in place. And so you have a choice. Am I going to allow my pursuit of fun to destroy me or am I going to change? And if you don't change, what actually happens to this fool over time is destruction. There's a scripture that kind of draws a line in the sand for this fun way fool. It's Ecclesiastes 7.17. It says, be not overly wicked, neither be a fool. This fool is... The fun way, fool. Why should you die before your time? This is the description of how wanting what you want, thinking you deserve it, and then coming up with a strategy to get it, even though you may hurt people, it actually shortens your life. It makes sense because you know who a lot of fun way fools are? Drug addicts. Drug addicts. Why would anyone... Continue to do drugs after most of the time their, their life continues to unravel and their relationships are not intact anymore and they've destroyed it. Well, it's that experience, that feeling. That's what causes them to do it. It's the fun way. They can't live without that feeling. And eventually it can lead you to your death. So the scriptures, they're not pulling any punches But it's not just so God's sticking a thumb on you and saying your life will be destroyed. He's saying, wait, watch out. There is an escape for you. There's a way that you can overcome this void you're trying to fill by filling it with fun. And that's what I want to spend the rest of the time talking about. Where do we go? If all we've kind of had in our life is just experiencing the next thing to the next thing and just trying to fill our, our kind of pleasure jar up as much as possible in our pursuit of fun and try to just get as much as we can here now because, you know, you can't take it with you. you got one life. Live it to the full. We all kind of agree with that. That's right. Do it. The problem is, is if you pursue fun, your life is cut short. It's not to the full. It could be cut in half. And so God, in the midst of that, he gives us some, some keys to change. So I just want to close with these. First thing is, if for any of us we want to change, it begins with accepting and receiving God's grace. Okay? That's really this idea of I can't change within myself. And if you're the fun way fool, that is actually the best news. Because the fun way fool, deep down, doesn't want to continue doing it, doesn't want to continue like making these decisions that are destroying them. But because they're senseless... They can't escape themselves. They keep leading themselves down this path. This idea of God's grace is just taking 
the time and stopping and saying, God, I need your help to change. It takes a great deal of humility. But if you're willing to admit that the path you're on is leading you to the life that you do not want, God can change your path. He's the only one that can do that. That's why he's worthy of following. But it begins with this God's grace. The grace is, Jesus, you died for my sin. You died for these patterns that I have, for these pursuits that I think are going to kind of give my life meaning. You actually died on the cross to save me from myself. So as you recognize that and you receive his grace, that's when you can begin to change. But what also happens for this fool is is God can give you self-control. That's the key to the fun way. Now, again, doesn't that just seem like the stark difference where you're torn? Do you want fun or self-control? It depends how good the dessert is, right? It's like, I want self-control until I see something that looks really good on the buffet table and I really want it. So we have this kind of sense of like saying no to ourselves prevents us from experiencing like the good things. But God's grace changes your lens to see what good things really are. And they're no longer just fun. They're no longer just these empty experiences. The good things are actually doing what God wants you to do with your life. That becomes the good thing. So it kind of changes your whole view of things. So self-control becomes real. Uh, Titus 2. This has been a real helpful passage for me. This is verse 11 through 14. It says, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people. Uh, Appearing, that's Jesus. Okay? Training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. So you see, oh, sorry, the next part, who gave himself, go ahead, for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. So you see what happens. There's this idea as you choose to receive God's grace. It's the God's grace that allows us to choose self-control. But then what's interesting is you see in this passage, you have self-control, but you're still zealous. There's a thing of you still want to live your life to the fullest, but it changes. It's not just for fun. It's actually to obey what God wants. So you give yourself fully to that. So the very thing that you want to protect, kind of this well-being, this feeling, this experience, you actually can find as you go all out for the Lord Jesus. So we don't think that. We think following God is the antithesis to fun. Following God is the opposite of this good experience God wants us to have. And what the scripture is saying is, no, following God allows you to experience life like you have never known it. And you can say no to your passions. You can say no to lawlessness. And you can live upright. This idea of you can live your life with your head high, not in shame. And I don't know about you, but with fun, a lot of times comes shame. And with sin comes regret. But obeying God, there's a sense in you're doing what he made you to do. And you can walk with this sense of I am living the life that I'm supposed to live. And that's the best kind of life. So self-control is something the fun way full needs and it happens a few ways practically uh, you have to fight to get to know god you have to actually fight to read your bible and to pray to him because there's so many things that are going to be begging for your attention experience this do this this will be fun 
And you just have to fight that. And the way you fight is you have to choose each day to surrender to God. To read his scriptures and to ask yourself, okay, is this real? Is this something that I can live out and God will help me in? And you have to just wrestle with that. And you need to confess to God. Just, you confess, God, I, I really want fun right now. And I really just want to kind of forget my responsibilities and I just want to experience a good time. Will you help me to be faithful in the midst of what I'm doing right now? Will you help me to just get up and get to work and do my best? That's how you combat it. You have to just continue to, to work with this. And then you have to serve people. That is like such a difference from the fun way. Okay, wait. I have to wake up on a Saturday morning and maybe help someone move. When you begin to serve people over time, you realize that can become a lot of fun. Because you accomplish something that helps somebody else. And the way that that blesses people, that can become like, wow, that was, that was really neat to see how God used us. So see, you know, your fun is redefined. Your experience has changed. And that's what happens as you follow God. The last thing, and this is like one of those really hard points. But focus on faithfulness, not feelings. Do you know how many times in my life I say I'm not feeling it? I say that a lot. I'm just not feeling it. What does that mean? I don't know. But I still will use it. It's just, you know, I'm just not feeling it. It's kind of this, this description of like, whatever normal is, I'm not right now. Whatever I really want, it's not happening right now. So how, how was your dinner? I didn't feel it. What does that mean? Did you like the movie? I didn't feel it. It was me. What? But there's this idea like feeling like what we feel inside really determines a lot of things in our life. And feelings are not bad. Without feelings, what would our relationships be like? It'd be pretty like, I am a robot. I am a robot. God didn't make us like that. But our feelings aren't the end all. They're not the ultimate judge and jury. Just because we feel it doesn't mean it's true. Okay? Really what you're supposed to focus on in the scriptures is, is faithfulness. And you find that in First Thessalonians 4. And to aspire to live quietly and to mind your own affairs. Okay, this really is a challenge for the fun way fool. Because mind your own affairs is like you're focused on what God has given you to do in the here and now. But the fun way fool is always like, what's out there? There's fun. I want to feel good. Does it ever do that, like sing to you? Like sometimes that's how my voice sounds. But there's a thing of like, okay, I need to, I need to mind my own affairs. The reason is because this is what God's given me. If I don't focus on this, there is nothing outside of here. Because God blesses in current faithfulness, not in just forgetting it. He blesses through how I'm faithful right now. So mind your own affairs and to work with your hands as we instructed you in the last part, so that you may walk properly before outsiders and be dependent on no one. That's the life of someone who's walking in faith and being faithful. They're handling their responsibilities before God. And they're not saying, I'm going to walk with God. I'm never going to experience fun again. Right? To be a Christian, does that mean you no longer have fun? You no longer have Exciting experiences? No. Does this mean fun's wrong? No. What you find is, is your actual description of fun changes. Your need for fun becomes less resilient in you. You realize that 
over time, the things that you really long for, God provides. And that's what happens. As you focus on what God's given you to do, he blesses. And in that blessing, that's far greater than any temporary experience that we have. So I know for myself, this is something I've had to battle through the years. But you know what I've realized is over time, when I've actually chosen to do what God wants me to do and been responsible, I haven't missed out. I can honestly say I haven't missed out. Because I've also known people that have just kind of taken their desires, followed them down their path, and they're miserable. And they won't admit it, but they're lonely people that are void of relationships, but they have these experiences they had. But as they look back, there's nothing else to show for it. And so what I found is as you walk with God and you decide to take him seriously and follow him, you get experiences that actually last. In the midst of it, you have relationships that are better. And your life is more intact. And that's because God has promised to take care of us. He's promised to lead us. And so no one can convince you of that. You have to decide to take God at his word that actually following him will give you the better life than just following blind desire. So I encourage you to just think through that today. So where are you in, in your own pursuit of your own life? Kind of what's your gauge for how well your life is going? Is it based on your fun? Getting what you want? Or is it based on something bigger? That God has for you. His ways versus your own ways. And so we all have to wrestle with that. Uh, as I wrap up, there's uh, some next steps that you can take this morning. Uh, you can read those. There might be an area you need to be faithful in that you just say, you know what, in the midst of this, in the midst of kind of the feelings that I'm having and wanting to kind of check out and pursue this, I just need to be faithful in this one area. As the band comes up, you can check those. Uh, also, just want to encourage you, as Barry mentioned, Easter. Um, just think through, is there somebody that you can invite uh, to one of our Easter services that are coming up in a couple weeks? So I encourage you to do that. Uh, finish filling out those connection cards. The band's going to sing and then you can drop it uh, in the bucket as it comes by. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for the fact that you show us a life that is better than even what we think. And following you does come with sacrifice, but in the midst of the sacrifice, new life comes. And it's a better life, and the good life is experienced more and more. And so help us to to just take a step towards actually wrestling with that maybe letting go of some things of goals and strategies and just experiences that we think once we obtain it it will be what we want but help us to see that there's things going on that are bigger than that so god i pray that you'll really help us to trust you um, no matter where we are and in the midst of it we'll see that you are real in the name of jesus amen